it's your girl Rosa Sparks. Check out Dainty Thug every Wednesday to find out who I'm talking to, the latest in pop culture, while keeping it trill and dainty. Subscribe to Dainty Thug now, exclusively on the CSPN Media Network. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Hold your insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I had legit thought about doing um, NPR voice for the intro, but I that but you know sometimes the music starts up and it just kind of gets to you. I am your host, Roddy Cat, for tonight. Uh, well, I'm Roddy Cat every night, but I'm your host for tonight. Ha-ha. Uh, and you can find me at Twitter, uh, at Roddy Cat. And you can also find me at News News Need on Twitter, uh, News News Need Twitter, uh, and the, the CB Caps uh, Instagram account. And with me tonight, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? And um, not with us tonight, as I speed along, is PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. Uh, PC, uh, Pop Culture Network, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, and his umbrella site therein. And, of course, the Osiris of this ish, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter, also uh, Tim DOG Nature 98, and the Click Nation and the Click Nation.com. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N. And of course, comic book resources. Go over there and check him out, or he's over there writing his face off. And not that terrible movie, because I'm going to say that like every other moon. Uh, you can find this here program on. C- th- th- <laughs> on the CSPN Network, Cold Slither Podcast Network, uh, CSPN.us. Do it today. And I kind of have to keep stopping myself from saying that because I will either say that or you, you'll be joining us soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad you do it. But you can also find this. What in the world is she laughing about? You can also find this podcast on Google Play and Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Hopefully there is no SoundCloud uh, rapper uh, bits on that page, because I haven't been to it in a minute. But rest assured, purely podcast, I hope. Um, But with all of that out of the way, we will get into the show with the comic books of the week. And uh, we have an ending, folks. And um, I, I dare say it's a, a pretty decent ending. I, I would go so far as to say, spoiler alert. War of the Realms, folks. Huh? I said it worked for me. Yeah. War of the Realms is at an end this week. Although, well, there might be a. There's probably going to be like a tie in or something 
No, there is a there is a mega book, I think it's called. Yes, because um, I just remember that. Um, but regardless, the, the main thing is over with War of the Realms number six, which is what we will be talking about right now. Right. So one of the things that uh, we had spoken about just prior to the show starting is whether or not we agreed that the book kind of sticks the landing for the story, and I think it did. Um, uh, Roddy Cat, how about you? Uh, I would agree with that to a point, and I, I would, like I said, I will say, like I said previously or then, that given the events that have started to end it this year alone, that have not, it's it is better regardless. It but, sticks out, in yeah. That but at the same time, I don't know. The, at the same time, because it was like, okay, it does what its events does. It's you know the things get tied up, um, things get. Uh, you know, brought up for the coming, you know, time because obviously there there are other books that that are going to break off from this that they uh, start talking about. So you get that, um, which slightly was a problem to me because it's been doing that the whole. I feel like the the event's been doing that the whole time, but it's not been a detriment because like yeah, we know, we know, but at the same time, you know, you, you kind of got to keep poking poking that stick. That said, the story itself, yeah. It, it did what it needed to do and ended fairly well, you know, but I, I, and going back to what I just said, I was like, I kind of felt like it did that a little more than ending the story in the end. But that aside, you know, like I said, it, yeah, but it wrapped up pretty nicely. Right. Because it's almost like, uh, we were expecting, uh, an epilogue to be wrapped into this issue, but this actually takes us to the very end of the War of the Realms uh, battle, as it were. Mm-hmm. And we'll get the after effects and the aftermath in the Omega issue. Right. Um, and I don't remember there were being an alpha. Well, uh, I don't think there was. I think it was just a lead up in the regular Thor books. Right. Because usually there would be in, or at least Recently, or has recently. been right yeah. exactly an alpha book and then having an omega book as well. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not sure if it's is it called omega. It is called omega. I do remember that okay. much. Yeah. So, but uh, in any event, just you know, just going over the events of the uh, of the book in in very quick succession, uh, quick succession, and with the uh, spoiler bell in full effect. <laughs> So uh, the spoiler bell has been rung. You have been forewarned. So ultimately, what we have in happening in this uh, in this issue is, you know, we find out a number of things that kind of parallel Thor's uh, journey as a character with uh, Odin's journey, because uh, you know, we know one thing we we find out. Uh, that wisdom seems to always cost an eye. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I will get to my feelings about that in a minute, but yes. You know, that's one thing. Uh, the second thing is, you know, and I did ring the spoiler bell, if there is a place and a way to reforge Mjolnir, that's pretty much how and where it happens. Oh, and going back, you also sometimes lose an arm. Right. <laughs> right. And um, the one thing, and I actually wrote this twice in my review, uh, in my notes for hmm. Thor number 14 and for this issue is, and I couldn't help but, 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 but uh, think of um, uh, 
uh, uh, the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas special. That's what worthiness is all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, that, that that's definitely part of this issue. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I personally think they stuck the landing. I really enjoyed uh, several of the scenes that, that, that came in into play here. There's a bit of time travel involved as well. And we all know my feelings on time travel. I am not a fan. I thought that part always, was amusing. But it's always been an S. But it's always been, uh, what you call that? Uh, just hold on to that thought. It's always been part of Jason Aaron's Thor story, though, right? Because of the because of the uh, the young, current, and old Thor part of the story. Mm. Well, I wasn't really going to say anything about that outside of what I said, but. Um... In my notes, I got, like, imagine... I basically said, imagine them bringing in the FF to the uh, to the MCU in, in, a, in, with, in a similar fashion. Because basically, this starts off with them with in the future, where the future King Thor, if you, if you know about it, I know, you know, um, Agent 70 can, can allude on that if it need to be, but... You know, and then the FF just happened to pop up because it just mentioned the fact that it, it happened to be in the story that they were reading. Or at least uh, a half of the FS, and that was pretty much the gist of what they've done in the story. Actually, now that I think about it. Well, yeah, I mean they're on the front lines in New York. Yeah, no, but yeah. so so really, their their part in the miniseries has been brief because the the uh, the general populace of New York City and the general populace uh, comprised of the heroes have all been transported <laughs> around the world or to Avengers Mountain. Right, and technically, they kind of, and even then, they still kind of came in the, the event late, right? Uh, you know, circulation-wise, anyway. Um, sure. So, you know, they 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 pop up, and they, of course, have a time machine, right? Which okay, so so which brings me to a question on that. So, in the original run, how did that work? Because I I do know that I do remember that was the thing I remember you talking about. The like they so basically they brought in young Thor. And old Thor uh, from the future. So right. how did they do that? Did they? I don't recall. Oh, okay. Or did, I honestly never... don't recall. Okay, because I'm about to say, did they? They did have them all together at one point, right? They did. They were... This is like six years ago, right? I'd have to really go digging. You know, I'd have to go down to the uh, the drawer boxes and to, pull to, out to the archives. Music. Sure. Yep. And also, which I, so is so the thing that kind of bummed me out, which I, I understand why they wouldn't have done it because um, if so, also we see um, the reappearance of Jane Foster Thor briefly, which I thought was cool. I was like, all right, so they found a way to, to to bring her back as Thor again. That makes you know, that makes some logical sense, I guess. It's a setup. Yes. Exactly. It's set up for future stories. And well, if it's, you a set up for, reading, it's, it's a set up for a book that we know is coming next month. Exactly. If you've been reading solicitations, right? No, what we're speaking of. So there. So that you'll still be the case. I'm like, okay, I didn't expect like knowing that was coming up. I didn't expect them to have her back as Thor again. I figured they would have kind of poked more in that direction. But either way, right. it was cool. You know, it was cool to see. Um, but what I really would have wanted. You know they had all these Thor's. I was like, man, if they had put Thor, the Thor's core from uh, Secret Wars in here, that would have been awesome. Listen, they could have had Throg. I was very surprised. Exactly. That they there was even a there. there was even a Thor, Throg joke in there. Yep. 
Which oh, and then which brings me to the other time because when all the the three to- throws were talking, um, like I totally heard totally heard him for his voice as a uh, King Thor. Actually, all of them really, but uh, but more so as uh, the King Thor when he was selling that making that joke. So I don't know, but sure. like I said, going back to what I thought I was like, yeah, this is some of this kind of. Okay, yes, we uh, older before he lost his eyes, so that part aside, like some of this still feels like it kind of mirrors cinematically, especially you know, with the with uh, especially with um, not necessarily Ragnarok, but um, Eternity War, Infinity War, Infinity War, yeah. I was about to say when I read your notes, I was just like, "Is that a new title that Roddy Cat is pitching to Marvel? Eternity War." I mean, that, uh, <laughs> that, I mean, hey, given what happens in um, in, in Doctor Strange, that could be uh, sure. I mean, we don't know, but sure. um, but um, yeah, like I said, the, it kind of some of that kind of mirrors because obviously, you know, he, he he lost an eye, you know, Thor lost an eye, just like so that pretty much says, well, we know how he gets to King Thor, but at the same time, just some of this stuff happens. You know, he gets spoiler alert. He gets back an old friend. Right. He becomes worthy again, and of course, they ham the handle, and uh, they kind of redefine this version of Thor's worthiness as well. Right. Sorry. Exactly. No, you're right. No, no, it's good to put that in there. Um. So yeah, almost like they kind of what they did with uh, Loki a few years back. Um, kind of redefined his role a little bit, which that they still kind of go back and forth on that. Which mm-hmm. speaking of. That was a whole no- that was the other thing, but regardless, like I said, there was some cinemas that, that there was like so even with uh, how there's definitely some notes right, taken from the cinematic exactly. So I was like, huh, all right, well, I, and I know like the some of this was you know has happened comic wise in right. a way previously, but regardless. So just uh, just very quick before we move off this book, I really like this book a lot. So did one of our other co-hosts who's not with us tonight. Um, just a couple of quick notes. I, you know, what's what's great about this is that you could tell that uh, there were just a lot of nice little, you know, funny lines that Jason Aaron dropped into this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right up front, there's a little bit of uh, fun between Iron Man and the Punisher of all things, right? Where again, so I almost sounded like cinematic version of uh, right, and it was, it was you know, like I couldn't help but smile reading it. I was like, that's actually really good. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, you know, we, we get a little bit of uh, you know tying together of some of the limited series that have been uh, tied into this uh, into this event. I mean, most of them, and, yeah, like most of them, pretty much had Elena too that had. Or at least, especially the ones that were ending this week, which we were talking about, kind of was like, right. "Hey, this line kind of wraps up that." Exactly, kind of. You know, it's, it's a it's a straight tie-in. You know, essentially, like uh, where where we'll remark later, as I noted in my notes, that some of the limited series uh, that were tied in had endings that happened in this issue. Mm-hmm. So that's you know that that's or at least get alluded to anyway. Exactly. Well, at least like primary endings, whereas like we kind of get a little bit of aftermath in a few of the tie-in uh, limited series that were published this week. So. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. This is definitely a potential click of the week for me. I really got a, 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 a kick out of this. The art is spectacular. 
Uh, I could tell that Aaron, you know, definitely had a clear idea of how he wanted to uh, to wrap up this story. Uh, we'll see what the epilogue does to the status, you know, how it reestablishes a a new status quo, uh, a new status quo. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the last thing to say is like you kind of knew halfway through the story what was going to happen with Thor specifically. You didn't know how, but I, but I do love how that happened. You know, he, his worthiness came back, and with that, Mjolnir, because you could almost hear. <laughs> when that when that happened, I'm like, all right, just waiting for it, waiting for it, and zinc, there you go. So yeah, that was World of Realms number six. It was a uh, it was a good one this week. Sure, and and, and, and as I mentioned earlier, just very quickly. It didn't happen all at once because there's a process that was happening that we kind of knew, you know, was being alluded to off screen. Sure. You know, off panel. And, you know, when I mentioned it earlier, is that if there's a way to reforge and a way to do it and a place to do it, that's how it would happen. And, uh, you know, and it would involve the, the, the Godstorm. That's something that um, Jason Aaron introduced into right. uh, the Thor mythology and, 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 and right. part that's, of the so. Yeah, that's one of those things. That I guess if you hadn't been reading Thor, what in the last, which is like six years or whatever, when he when he in the time that he's introduced that, then right. that part you wouldn't have known it, but it probably didn't matter as much. Like you probably would have, like you, like I probably would have been like, oh, wait, what is this from? But then then I was like, okay, it's probably something that was already you know was mm-hmm. from the run, so. If you're interested, you can go seek that out. Next yeah. up, um, I'm going to see. So to, to finish up the um, the tie-in, the tie-in? well, we have Agents of Atlas, Uncanny X-Men, Avengers, and Thor. Right, and Punisher. Oh, I did not read the Punisher. Yeah, and I didn't read Uncanny. So let's do Agents of Atlas. Um, okay. Wait, you got you've got a little typo there on that, but. Um, at War of the Realms, New Agents of Atlas number four ended, which is uh, this week. Yeah, this one, I don't know. This was kind of one of the ones that was like, it's a, it's a side thing. We know they're getting a book next month, or not next month, uh, in August. Um, so it's kind of just cleans up, you know, their part of that with, um, where they were fighting Cinder. Cinder. Mm hmm. So we get that, which again got alluded to in um, War of the Realms six. Uh, but yeah, we see how that part ends up, and you know, I guess I don't know. Th- there wasn't really much to it. So outside of like, okay, yeah, this happened. You know, uh, Amadeus didn't trust Jimmy Woo, but right. it didn't so, really matter. Right, like you kind of have to remember that the previous issue had a cliffhanger ending where we were under the impression that uh, Amadeus had been captured right. and was in dire straits. But, but what we find plan. out is that that's not exactly the case. Well, even, even then, it, that was kind of alluded to in that last issue, though, that he, there wasn't, you know, what it seemed. So ultimately, what we have is a couple of plans being executed, one of which isn't exactly... Uh, what the rest of the team thinks is actually happening. Right. And 
that's an interesting dynamic that they've introduced prior to the next limited series involving these characters that's uh, spinning out of the event. So there's going to be, we, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, mild spoilers, that uh, there's going to be an Agents of Atlas book, a five-issue miniseries coming out of this uh, War of the Realms tie-in miniseries. Mm-hmm. And with a slightly pared-down cast, apparently, because some characters seem to go their own way in this. <laughs> yes. Which probably makes sense. Cause sure, it's a lot of people. Yeah, and the characters that left, um, I could see particular issues for them being around much longer than this. Given given their, I guess, mythical status, I don't know. Um, sure. But yeah, so yeah, that's it. And um, until that, or don't have anything else to add outside of that. It was all right. <laughs> there was some. Oh, uh, actually, I will say because I just looked at my notes. Um, yeah, some of the art was kind of weird. Did you read my notes? No. So what I noted is that um, the issue had a bunch of artists on. Yes. Right. I thought the styles mostly blended together, except for Cindy Moon's two different hairstyles. <laughs> so if you look at it, she's got one hairstyle for when she pops out of hiding to free uh, Braun, a.k.a. Amadeus Cho, and another one at the end of the book, because hmm. there's two different artists. Honestly, that was the least the, the least the part of that I paid attention to. But yeah. well, What's funny is that that popped out directly to me when I saw that next panel. I was like, wait, that's not the hairstyle she was drawn with before? <laughs> because I obviously had picked up very quickly that uh, there were multiple artists on the show. Right. So, and but what you're alluding to is something else. It's it's a more serious concern, right? Because some of the action scenes looked a little hard to decipher in in a couple of spots. Um, uh, and I don't have I don't know how to copy it to. It doesn't matter, but yeah, you you may have seen what I'm talking about. But um, um, but even with like I said, with the art change, there has been some noticeable like perspective shifts. In, in some cases, and things was like, all right, that looks kind of weird. Um, like, not totally off-putting, but just enough to be noticeable. Sure. So, and so it kind of kind of took me out of it a little bit, but yeah, the knowing that there was a bunch of artists on there, it was like, okay, well, sure. Right. I mean, there's a couple of weird shots. Like, there's a weird shot of a whole bunch of the agents of Atlas doing a punch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, that's, that's a little one. weird. Exactly. That was one in particular. Um, you know, but like I said, the one that really stuck out to me was that Cindy Moon. <laughs> Interesting. So when you go back and look at it, you'll laugh and be like, "Of course, I would pick up on." That. Like I probably noticed it, but didn't think that much. Like it didn't. No, that made me turn back. I was like, "Wait a second. <laughs> because you know, like I said, with with the with the shifts in art, it was like, okay, yeah, clearly all of this is kind of weird all the way around. So. I kid you not. I kid you <laughs> not. When you go back and you see it, it's so drastic. You'll be like, oh, okay, that's what you noticed. Right. But anyway. Um, all right, so that's right. Agents of Atlas. Do you want to talk Punisher and I'll talk uh, Uncanny? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, there's not much to say about the Punisher one, but it's just like, look, this is the Punisher. There's going to be a lot of kill- killings and whatnot. So if you don't know this, this, the story or not, um, this is Punisher basically had a side thing going on to where. Um, I don't remember where where this started off, but 
this uh all i know you had to go through the holland tunnel yeah basically yeah is, is the whole thing is like he had to shuttle he had to show um basically had an escort mission uh that was to shuttle some people from a hospital from new york to jersey uh and this and the, at the same time there ended up being a, a bus full of uh criminals that uh was commandeered in the process uh, and the and the criminals themselves were kind of used to help guard the um, the 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 folks that were wounded and injured or whatnot. And, right from the, the trolls and the and, and whatnot that exactly. were invading. So. And given this kind of story, which has played out sim- cinematically, sort of people start to die. Uh, most specifically, the the um, the criminals, and of course, there's a little you know a, a slight bit of underhandedness uh, that ends up happening that quickly gets taken care of as well as the trolls that they are fighting with. So, you know, Frank had his joint under control. They got to the other end of it, and the last piece of the tie got ended up, and Frank went about his own war. War never, war never ends, changes the way, and leaving people scarred in his wake. Gotcha. So you've got um, Uncanny? Yeah, I've got War of the Realms, Uncanny X-Men, number three. So this is the last issue of this tie-in limited series as before i'll mention that uh there's a a note to uh long-suffering and i really mean long-suffering new york mets fans um who uh will see a nice ode to one of the current players because they have uh, renamed uh city field fort Syndergaard as uh humanity's last bastion of hope in new york city other than yancey street apparently um, the X-Men are holding out against hordes of Asgardian uh, invading, not Asgardian, but uh, Angels? Uh, or no, no, no. Um, you know, uh, uh, invaders from uh, um, invaders from the various realms hmm. who are on the side of Malekith. And the X-Men have their own little side story where uh, Ileana Rasputin is uh, an important player as a teleporter, as, as, as you would think. Uh, she might be, you know, as a magic user and a teleporter. And uh, Sabretooth apparently has uh, decided to switch sides yet again in this, uh, in this miniseries. Uh, we, as I've mentioned earlier, we have the reappearance of... Uh, a character that had been previously seen in previous X-Men and New Mutants trips to Asgard. So anyone who's familiar with X-Men and New Mutants history will pick up on that right away. It's someone related to Wolfsbane, Ronnie Sinclair, um, who's no longer with us in the main book. I was about to say, who's off the table at this point. Right. <laughs> who's no longer with us in the main book. And speaking of, speaking of no being no longer with us, this issue and this series was also written by Matthew Rosenberg, the, t- the, uh, the writer of the current run of Uncanny. And if you've heard me talk about this before, Matt Rosenberg can't help himself but to spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Kill another X-Man. I feel like Even this- in a War of the Realms tie-in issue. I feel like that's probably a directive from on high as much as just him doing it, but you know, especially because especially given the fact that Hickman's going to do his thing in it next month, and I don't know, maybe they're cleaning the board. 
possibly. Who knows? To a certain extent, they've done that already. Right. Because remember, they uh, they had gone down to, and, and believe it or not, this is a bit, it's been a while since this particular story, but uh, remember they had gone down to 198 mutants. Right. So they had already really whittled the board down to a, a pretty manageable number, but... Well, yeah, and then, um, yeah, with the human things, I think they had taken out a whole bunch of stuff prior. Right, so ultimately, we'll see how Hickman decides to revamp uh, the X-Men, you know, whole, you know, wholesale, so... Yes, we'll and see. I assume surely those ones that are presumed dead are going to come back at some point. You, you, you're about to, you, you just hit on what I was, what I just mentioned, because even in this story... Uh, the X-Men who, who bites it actually mentions uh, in the aftermath that uh, there's a strong feeling that that character is not going to be gone for long. Right. Hmm. Right. So that being said, that's the, that's uh, War of the Realms Uncanny X-Men number three. Right. Cause it, and I'm... Well, anyway, it doesn't matter because I know that whole Age of X-Men stuff is still kind of mm-hmm. out there somewhere. All right. Um, and I believe the only other tie-in we have left is... Thor. Uh, oh, okay. Then the only other other tie-in that we have... Uh, oh, it's Avengers. Yes, Avengers we could talk, 20. Yeah, we could definitely talk about Avengers. We both read it. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Avengers 20... This is basically a going back to the classic loose tie-in of War of the Realms uh, or uh, event tie-in books in that, yeah, it is, it, it's one of the ones that got alluded to in War of the Realms number six in that, you know, the, the front that was uh, dealing with Ulick in Australia and that pretty much gets wrapped up here. But mostly it is a She-Hulk, a.k.a. Hulk-centric um, centered book. Or issue, which I enjoyed for the most part. Like that was, it was whole, good. Yeah, there was a whole battle, literally with her. Well, I guess not literally, but uh, with herself in the beginning of it, which ended up being was apparently is a part of her conditioning. Right, uh, it's an ongoing been, part of the character story in the Avengers. Right, but it was also good to see allusions to past uh, She Hulk's, including the one bit that um, <laughs> I didn't think they were going to bring bring up uh, about. Um, um, let's put it this way: in the click, well, the, yeah, in the clickbait section, there is a as an old article I pulled up about um, some of uh, She Hulk's exploits. You should go check that out. Old exploits, okay. and one of which they got they got called by name in in the in this book, which I had almost forgot about, but at the same time, I'm like, yep, I do remember that actually. Um, when she was with the FF, um, but yeah, I, so, what's funny is that I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't remember it. I'm gonna have to go look that up. Um, I don't have to look. You know, I I, I have those those comics legally digitally. So yeah, well, like I said, that that article that I said about kind of kind of points to yeah. it. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's um it's basically Jen getting to a place you know with herself and actually some commentary on you know um well mirroring some real life commentary about um uh you know body shaming in, in the sense and uh, well the, the actual body shaming actually and you know that kind of stuff therein uh, that uh, the, the female body forms have to go through and being accepting themselves and having other people accepting uh, 
you for what and because it and so there was a whole big uh conversation or monologue about that in the story which was actually pretty cool and jen getting into a place within herself going out for the story at first because in, in reading this i was like wait are they setting her up for a book of her own which would be awesome if they did but i you know i thought they would give her another book especially since her current firm kind of came out of her last book which you know was was good but you know right it's interesting uh there's one note and i think it's in i'm looking for it now I'm just kind of scrolling through about how she talks about some of what she has to deal with mm. in her previous some of what she had to deal with in her previous She-Hulk forms right. that we were all kind of used to uh, with uh, you know what some of the supervillains used to do and what, what happens to her during team-ups mm-hmm. and I was like wow you know it's not something that I always thought about right exactly you know? no one really thought about that part you know but you know times were different Exactly, <laughs> you know, time, times are different, and uh, you know, as, as as we've become more woke as a society, we we have to understand that this is most more than likely something that has happened in the past without without much of a comment from us. Mm-hmm. So, and but and but yet it does finally get a comment, and it was mm-hmm. I thought it was handled fairly decently. Yeah, I um, liked it. Uh, there was also a part in here about uh, you like kind of speaking for the fans right um <laughs> I, yeah, that part was like huh all right <laughs> yeah i mean as, as as literally trollish as he is supposed to be in this yeah he is an actual troll so right. therefore it's like well so, you know what he's an go. actual troll trolling that's always been a pretty valid argument that he makes uh, it is i, I i'm not going to go to dispute that but at the same time you know hey we have had you know we have had different Thors and nobody blunked an eye w- until it was a woman if you think about it I mean yeah Thor's- I was about to say yes yes and no because uh, uh, they'd always change the names or timelines didn't have them at the same times you know, Man, the only one, the only one that's comparable is Beta Ray, but they had always called him Beta Ray Bill and not Beta Ray Thor. They only used that very briefly, sure, because Argo Thor was from the future. Sure, that was really the only one that we had. Like, I get the sentiment. Don't, I'm not sitting here, right? Uh, I mean, I'm just no, talking from like, pure, right, from a yeah. pure technical. Like, I was like, you know what? I actually understand. I understand why people are manipulating the argument to 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 uh, to say something else, right? But from a pure kind of fan, especially for a fan of Thor, was like, well, you know what? It's kind of weird that that's a legacy, but okay. Um, in any event, I, I, I kind of got a, I got a kick out of seeing that uh, on the page. Yeah, and I was so- like, I wasn't expecting to see, see that getting brought up. I was like, okay, sure, yeah, alright. It, 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 you know, it makes sense how it turned out, too. Like, that was a <laughs> perfect encapsula- encapsulation. Sure. Just, so... But it, but uh, well, it was and it wasn't because it was like, well, like She Hulk's not a, it, it, the situation was that it was She Hulk going against Oldlick. She was not really calling herself a Thor, but the fact that that got put in there like that was like that was one I kind of out of the blue. But at the same time, she did have a hammer and was dressed kind of whatever. So I, right. I so they were 
that was another statement that was being made on, uh, you know, with that. But this, it sure, wasn't yeah. like She Hulk was calling herself a Thor. Sure. Bear in mind that Jason Aaron wrote this issue as well. Exactly. So oh, this is all uh, related. And just last, uh, I don't know if you have any other points to make. I just wanted to add um, before we closed out on, on the discussion on this was that Daredevil teased upcoming events. Right. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Within the pages of Avengers that happened post-War of the Realms. Right. Um, So, which actually put what I put in my notes from some of that, or at least what I feel like I gleamed out of. Well, the only other thing I was going to say was like, I don't know if Jen uh, Jen actually needed that pep talk from from Carol or not, because that one was the one that was kind of seemed like, huh, like, okay, I get it. Um... Within within you know how the story within how the issue was going, but at the same time I was like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't know if she actually needed it, but hey, well sure, why not throw it in there? Um, but yeah, that stuff that was being alluded to by by Daredevil was like, yeah, yeah, we're clearly going to see that coming on. So um, I was like, and the the whole thing with Deadpool, which was funny and kind of spot on, because it was like, because Deadpool just kind of came out of nowhere and was like, yeah, you were me before me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, she was. So I was like, so I didn't expect that to actually come out in, in this issue, also. But it, there you go. Uh, but yeah, I was like, okay. So the stuff they were to, to, to hinting to was like, is the Beyond Core coming back or is the Beyonder coming back? Because they because he mentioned something about a war from Beyond or something, and I'm like, or I'm like, wait, is that the Beyonder or is it going to be the Beyond Core? Which which, which is going to be? And is, and if that's the case, is next is next wave coming? If it's the Beyond Core. You know, I was like, I just had thoughts. None of that might even be the case. But regard to that was pretty much Avengers mm-hmm. twenty. So look out for whatever's going to be like we, especially the, the first one that he mentioned was like the the Hell Race. The Hell Race, yeah. yeah. So we are. Yeah, we know that Ghost Riders uh, exactly. You know. We knew that was coming up right after um, coming up close, especially with. Uh, right, and there's a tease of. Uh, I think I'm presuming that there's going to be some Namor in here because there's the trials. And That's what I was assuming because, given especially given what's going on in Avengers, I would you would I mean, um, excuse me, Invaders, you would think that's going right. to run back over, but I don't know. You finally catch up, you know, right. uh, the, the events of, uh, of of that book are finally going to catch up to where we are now, and uh, which we call it the um, the Fury of Conchu is also mentioned. Like, oh, Moon Knight. I know, right? I thought I was like, ooh, what's going to happen with that? You know, outside of Moon Knight showing up, so. But yeah, so that was a couple of little tidbits that was that was thrown out there, which again will, um, you know, was happening in War of the Realms also. But this was more directed towards this book. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Now you've got Thor fourteen, right? So Thor fourteen. Very quickly, this is actually a potential click of the week for me. I don't want to spoil too much because Roddy Cap plans on reading this at some point. Uh, I- I will just uh, mention that it's a tie-in that fills in some unseen moments from War of the Realms number six. Uh, young Thor, god of the Vikings, shows his petulance, and eventually, spoiler alert, we find out again what worthiness is all about, Charlie Brown. And also more time travel. I mean, it's the same time travel, but we see another, you know, we just see another moment of it, so. Sure. Well, which yeah makes sense because yeah some coming and some going I would imagine but uh, yep and yeah. that's yeah that's uh you know that that's uh, Thor number fourteen uh, it was a lot of fun a lot a lot of fun cool um, then I guess we we'll see if we got probably one or two more books before we get into the rapid fires sure um, pick one 
Uh, let me see what's on your list. Uh, let's talk about. We both read the Spidey stuff. We both read Black Panther. We, uh, Do you want to talk about Amazing real quick? Because it should yeah. go quick. Yeah, sure. All right. So, in Amazing Spider-Man number twenty-four, uh, Peter is getting some well-deserved R and R. Some, some he's trying to take advantage of some downtime. But the character that I have jokingly referred to as Caterpillar Man—that's really not his name. No, is back. He's back, and uh, at this point, given some of the hints that have been uh, laid in this book, specifically thanks to some to an appearance by Mysterio, uh, something actually happens to Mysterio. I don't think it's permanent uh, in this issue, or is it? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, given that last page, I doubt it. But but the, we don't know what that 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 could mean anything. And also, hey, guess what? There's a m- movie coming out next week with him in it, right? So, like I said, my guess is that it's not permanent. Um, but I'm wondering if this has anything to do with one more day, given the link to the once dead Mysterio. That's what I was kind of wondering. I was like, because every with that whole part with him and his quote unquote therapist, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> and the the character that would be behind all of that is definitely right. showing up in another book. Has been showing up in a couple of different books lately. Mm-hmm. So, but then up until what actually happens to Mysterio, I'm like, okay, or what seemingly happens to Mysterio, we I guess we don't know if that. Yeah, we don't know yet. It's a lot of it off off panel. We only see a little bit of the aftermath. Yeah. So we're still not hundred percent sure. It seems to go one way, but you know, it's but we won't don't know for certain until next uh, next issue. But or, yeah, exactly, and, or until we find out exactly what what Mysterio status is. So, yeah. Sure, um, and also we we get a name for this character. I don't know if it's going to be the name. Uh, because you know, the, the basically the, the most of the issue was. Literally, uh, Mysterio saying, "I don't want to say his name, its name, or his name, whatever, whatever." And then the character pops up and like, "No, nah, go ahead and say it." And then all of this is going on in a dream sequence, which apparently Peter can also. And it's Candyman. No, it's not. I know, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's Freddy, um, but no, like, wait. So there is already a Sleepwalker character in the Marvel universe. I do know that, and it's not him. But I don't. For some strange reason, I thought about that. I'm like, wait, did, did Sleepwalker just go go evil for some reason, and he's after Spidey, right? But um, anyway, and then dressed sim- dressed similarly, right? Exactly. So um, I was like, yeah. So we get a name, and then Peter wakes up screaming, and that ends the that seemingly ends the issue. So we still don't necessarily know if that name that is being that was mentioned is the name. But if it is, that's a silly name. Right, because we know what it means. Right, right. It actually has it actually has an actual meaning. Like it could be uh, a red herring. In the also. English language, right, right? It could be a red herring. So we won't. Yeah, we won't know until they decide to um, to, to unleash that mystery. Right. So, but uh, that mystery is apparently uh, front and center in upcoming issues of <clears throat> Spider. Right. And I guess speaking of, since we're on the spider tip, let's get to the other couple of spider books. Um, well, that and Carnage, apparently. Oh yeah, there was that last page. Um, I guess in credit scene, or actually, well. Yeah, it is kind of what it is. Yeah, yeah, in, in credit scene that definitely was about Carnage. I'm like, oh, you're right. That thing's still coming. So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. You did read that, right? I skimmed it. I didn't really read it too. Okay. Well, um, so basically after last issue, uh, Spidey's trying to figure out, you know, uh, what's the tie with the problem showing up. Uh, and he's going down that route and, and it's apparently not what it seemed to be on that front, on that. Um, he pulls Marnie into some action who we still don't really know a whole, whole lot about, but, um, because she comes into play and helps out, but, and then they run into, uh, the person who's be, who's seems to be possibly behind some shenanigans, not necessarily the shenanigans. Uh, and she seems to know him. Uh, but that being that, but that aside, it's like, okay, there's, there's still some questions to be had about the, the situations, put it this way. And there's right. a little commentary on crowdfunding for, you know, from, uh, from one Hobie Brown, which, you know, it is what it is. And, and, and actually there was another thing that happened, uh, early on in the story that kind of made me think that another character was, uh, the Prowler and not Nesser and not Hobie Brown, but apparently that was not the case. <laughs> uh, yeah. as, as I quickly as we quickly found out. So yeah, that's that. Um, and I guess the last Spider-related book of the week, which is a, apparently a potential click of the week for a couple of folks. Um, that's not the book. Uh, Spider-Man Annual Number One. Spider Pig, Spider Pig. I mean Spider Ham, because they actually that actually comes up in the book. Oh yeah. So yeah. So so this basically this whole this annual is uh, Spider Ham focused all the way through, and it written well one of them written by Jason Aaron, which we knew was coming. I, no, Jason uh, Latour. Jason Latour. Excuse me. You're right. You're right. Mm. I always get to, I always do that one too. Weirdly enough, at Heroes Con they sit right next to each other. So just call me really? the Jason table. Yeah. Wow. Um, or at least usually, I don't. I, I didn't go this year, but so I don't know. But yeah, usually they're right there, to, to, beside right beside each other, um, and like Rico Renzi's on the other side of the tour. Anyway, um, man, talk about getting your autographs all in one spot, right? They, they um, have to. They have to manage the lines around there. Well, uh, not necessarily. I mean, like uh, Aaron's. I remember one year. I think a couple of years ago, Aaron's line was fairly lengthy, and and Latour's was well. I, obviously, with Spider Gwen stuff, yeah, their, their lines were were equally kind of gonna. But then, like, I think the next year, and Aaron was doing like the, whatever the Thor stuff, so his line was had was popping off for a couple of things. I believe, and, and you I, know, and and Aaron, you know, had still had some good lines, but it was like he didn't have you know, right because he was probably just there was some like, fluctuations. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say he's probably neck deep in uh, Thor stuff and his uh, indie creator stuff. So right, and so but but still people and obviously he's a he's kind of local, so it isn't like you know whatever. But regardless, um, Spider Man Annual Latour, Spider Pig, puns galore, 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 galore. Just so lots of yeah, man. I was about to say lots of tie-ins with uh, uh, old Spider Ham stuff that we've known. If you if you well yeah, if you know previous right. yeah. And for the folks who don't really know, which granted this has come up even as recently as Into the Spider Verse, you get a little blurb about his origin, which still is weird to me, even in a comic sense. Um, but um, you could tell Latour had fun <laughs> writing this, Cause, and I think he's been, and I know he's been on Twitter, you know, like for a, a month or two, 
you know, talking about uh, talking about this issue coming up. So, and I, we also know that a uh, a panelist, <laughs> even without reading this, the a, a panelist of ours was going to enjoy this issue one way or the other. So, yeah, like I said, there, there was there was it, it was a lot to it, and it was kind of hard to read in a couple of spots because there was just a lot on the page, art wise, mm-hmm. you know. And in some cases, you know, lettering wise, because you know the, the jokes kind of broke a, broke that fourth wall, uh, especially with the backup story. Mm. Uh, but but that's it. Like it was just a fun, pretty fun read, you know. If you, once you get through it, so uh, I don't know if you got anything else to 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 add to that. But that was pretty much it for me. Yeah, the, the the final story, which was written by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, hmm. uh, with uh, with Jason Latour. Speaking if those Spider- first Spider-Man. two names, right, if those first two names sound familiar to you, they should, because as Ryder Cat just mentioned, those two gentlemen were the writers of Spider Verse mm-hmm. into the Spider Verse, the movie. Yes, that is, and of and, course, Lego Movie, you know them, you know. So. What's that? I say, and Lego movies. You know, you all, you know, oh, folks. Yeah, right. So that being said, uh, that last issue, the last, uh, the last story was definitely a little bit of uh, reality bending going on. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, some cartoon reality bending going on. Some will say a little. Been... Some will say a little on the nose in a couple of spots, especially with what right. we talked about. Right. So. Uh, you know, there, there, there's an appearance by Howard the Duck, mm. and ultimately, it's a. Uh, it, it's kind of funny that there is a character that is um, judging reality. Yes, it's very Justice League right now. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the that's the reference that I got. Well, there's that in the watch the the watchdog the watcher dog. Well, that too. Yeah, um, and of course. Meows Morales. <laughs> oh, God. And even they said it was like that's a stretch. That's a little that's a little torture, but that's like, you know what? I appreciated it. I I liked it. Um his uncle secretly the growler. Yes. So anyway. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. He didn't even know it. It's like what? And I was like, oh, never mind. And of course, uh, you know, oh in the front story, um Um, you know, there was Spider Ham and of course Spider Gwen, Penguin, get it, da 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 yeah. as they went along in their that's not the first appearance of no, uh, it is not. But yeah. yeah, but the fact that she showed up, which again, I know Latour kind of, you know, this has been talking about that within relation with relation to this uh, to the story. So there, there is plenty of Spider Gwen <laughs> to go yeah. around. And yeah, this was a lot of fun. I actually mm-hmm. just like uh, uh, just like I mentioned earlier, this is another book I plan to pick up. Uh, I, I plan to pick up a. a copy of that I did not pick up on Wednesday hmm. with my comics so I plan on getting uh, Spider-Man annual number one because I had a blast reading this. Yeah. It was it was it was an interesting like I said there's there's still a lot on the page art wise but it was still a pretty good read for with all of that. Um I think where so unless you got another book you want to throw out I think we can go into No we can go rapid fire because we had we talked about a lot of books because War of the Realms wrapped up in a big way this week. Hmm. Do it. All right, I'm going to spin it up right about... 
All right. Uh, let me start because I've got a lot to go yeah, through. Yeah, go for it. So let's see. I'm going to start with Batman Damned number three. Um, pardon me. I am not rapping because the rapper who does this uh, bit in his song isn't actually rapping. He's just kind of singing along. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish the Joker was still alive. And that's that for the opening book from DC's Black Label Publishing. Yeah, that book's still coming out. Go figure. So that's the end of that. Uh, do you want to talk Black Panther number 13 very quickly? Sure. So the only the only thing that I noted in this is that spoilers, contact with Earth. Now yeah. that the child seems to have his memories back. Yeah, that's and which we've said um, coming out of last year's was like, yeah, there seemed to be st- wrapping stuff back into getting back to or, or at least very least contacting back to Earth. And surely enough, it happened in the midst of a fight between him and Mbaku. The of course. Struggle. Of course. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, next up, Doctor Strange number 15. I think you read this as well. I did. And so, the character uh, we just talked about uh, is front and center here. Yeah, so spoiler alert again. Doc makes a bargain with who else? Mephisto. To gain the freedom of Clea and Umar. Ask Spidey how that seems to work out. I know, right? And clearly uh, that's going to, as the, as the book actually said, that's going to come up later. Sure. Um, so there must so, be. I'm, I'm kind of wondering with all this because, like I said, this is not the first book that he is he's he's uh, he's uh, shown up in because you know champions this. Uh, there's some been some allusions to a couple of stuff this week. Like, is there another event that's coming up? Because we know. Oh, last time we saw him was uh, Damnation, and then right, he's been in the background and still claiming hell is his, or at least another part of it. Yeah, or I guess so. Right. So that part's still kind of weird, but yeah. I right, guess we, I guess we will, that's the part we might see, and we'll probably see some of that in Avengers. I guess. Right. I was. I'm glad you mentioned that because we're going to see the current ruler of hell, Johnny Blaze, very soon in the pages of Avengers. So we'll see if um, uh, how Mephisto fits into that uh, puzzle uh, will come up sooner rather than later. Hmm. Um, the last thing I wanted to note is that forces our marshal to confront mystically powered Galactus. Uh, yes. Next up, that one, uh, well, yeah, that that'll actually come up again because that seemed like an event in itself. That's all I'll say about that. It was like, really, you get all these people mm-hmm. together, some of which doesn't make sense. Like, why is the Hulk there? Like, I get, yeah. he's a defender. I get it. I I, I kind of guess, but then no name more. So, well, exactly. But it put, but there's been other defenders uh, there, and actually, this clearly take that took clearly takes place before War of the Realm and what's going on in Guardians because you see Valkyrie there. Mm-hmm. And um, and Nova, not Nova. Well, Nova actually, yeah, you do see him there. But Frankie, I think Sam Alexander's in there. Actually, I don't know if that was him or Richard Ryder. That is, is not really clear from the perspective. It seemed like because he looks a little bit thinner than than Richard would be. No costume. I think costume gave it away. I'm just gonna scroll through it real quick. Yeah, because it's, it's like two panels. You you you'll see. Or, the costume gives it away because it's a dark costume. Well, I thought um, I thought Richard's no because he doesn't have the, the the gold highlights all around. Okay, well, I didn't I didn't pay that close attention to it until so you're a big. Uh, I, I saw it. Yeah, I was about to say I saw that right away. So right, but I, you I, see people that that are weirdly there, and you didn't think it was like Fire Lord shows is there in a the panel like Blake Eden is there. What's right. you call 
Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, why is like I get it? The, okay, he's a Isn't he lost in space with T'Challa right now. What? Exactly. So I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like this, the, like all right, like he's a teleporter, and I think he got in, he already had his memories back. But regardless, still like, when, when did this happen? But clearly, like I said, right. clearly this takes place before all that. But you know what? Enough about that because we get into the next issue. Sure. It's like hello, Black Bolt. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway. Next up, uh, Fantastic Four number eleven potential click of the week read again. This. Potential click of the week again. I read a lot of fun books this week. This was super fun. It retcons a completely new government agency into the Marvel universe. Uh, unlike last week, the fact that there are four artists on this issue is barely noticeable, as the styles were fairly consistent with each other. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. Next up is Magnificent Miss Marvel number four. Have we talked about this? Uh, we've talked about it prior because I think I was I was going I was uh, skimming through it when. Okay, so we did talk about it. We didn't talk about it. Oh, we did not. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, because you were reading it right before the show. Right. So we find out more about Cheb Hura, the alien that Kamala befriends, and the dynamics of the planet she's landed on. That's pretty much what we get out of this issue. Yeah, and you know we get a little bit of uh, uh, Kamala asserting herself in front of her parents because even, sure. even the the the, the inner monologue, you know, that that inner narration that we get, it's like you know, you know, she's telling, trying to tell her her own story, but sometimes she doesn't get to because other people are doing it, and then she finally, you know, asserts herself a little bit more with that. So yeah, that's basically, it. and then we get some folks at the end that come in. Right. Slightly remind me of Spider Pig, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> All so, right. Yeah. And last for me, believe it or not, I've talked about a lot of books this week. I, I, I got a lot of reading in because there were a, a number of books that came out this weekend. I read my uh, I read my physical copies I picked up from uh, my my comic shop as well as our review copies. And um, this mm. is a book I'm about to talk about that I plan on getting a physical copy of having read our review copy. That being Wolverine Exit Wounds number one. There's three fun stories in this. I read this literally right as we were getting ready to start recording. Um, they're told by classic Wolverine creators, especially Larry Hama and Chris Claremont. Even the quirky Sam Keith art hasn't looked this good in ages. I'm going to go pick this up as a physical copy. Nice. So, well, since so I'm we... heading to pick up two additional books this week as physical copies, having read uh, review copies of them. That's a good thing. Cool, cool. So since you've gone over everything that I've read, and I don't have anything else, I wanted to read uh, Ghostbusters Transformers book that came out there, but maybe I'll do something about that this weekend. Okay, um, so we cover good. But, so clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. <laughs> So we already got two from our absent, absent uh, members, uh, one of which <laughs> I am proud to say I knew way ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming he read it, right? No, well, it didn't even matter. It didn't even right. matter. I'm like, either he was going to read it or eventually read it, and, and it was going to be the case. But apparently he did. So, Which was Dirt's... Um, Click of Spider-Man Annual Number One, which is why the Astro Group was there because I put it not before knowing whether he had actually read it and seen it or not. Right, well before, well yes. before. All right. And for yeah. Tim's, Tim's was a uh, War of the Realms Number Six. Right. 
and that is a strong candidate okay. for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm still thinking, though, because I had a lot of fun reading a bunch of books this week, but I think I think I'm going to also go War of the Realms number six because, um, you know, not afraid to admit this is the first book off the, off the stack that I read because I needed to find out what happened. Same here. Yeah. Because I, I was going to teeter. I was like, well, should I read since the tie-in, since Avengers 20 was like a tie-in and... and and it's ending like is this going to be before the ending more than likely should I read that first or should I just go ahead and read uh, Water Realm 6 right um, which ended up being the right call to read 6 um I think um hmm I think I might actually go with Avengers 20 War of the Realm okay. I did enjoy that uh, uh, immensely and it and it was a satisfying well a semi-satisfying read because obviously what I said earlier would kind of contradict that a little bit but um to be but yeah i enjoyed i would really like a she-hulk book again i don't know why well i do know why but i mean i would i was afraid they were gonna like depower her in this issue for some kind of way but sound like that might be something that's coming along coming along later if if those illusions uh are to be believed or to be taken anything out of but regardless that's it so yeah, close the week, folks. And with that, we will hit an ad read. The first ad read of the night. Our first ad read of the night is for Funko. Fun at first sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles, such as their world-famous pop vinyl head, pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel, t-shirts, hats and socks, and brand merchandise, including custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. Apparently Funko's got a a photo challenge going on um, at the time of this recording that will end July 10th. So that's neat. Uh, You should go check that out. Now, uh, cinematic news. Uh, and we start off with some Spider-Verse news, which, by the way, um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is on Netflix. That is not the news, but it is news. Um, but the actual news is that uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is definitely getting a sequel, according to producer uh, Amy Pascal. Okay. Says it's official. The animated fit will hit. Will have a follow up. Cool. I hope they don't screw it up. And by screw it up, I mean you know sometimes people have to tend to was like, all right, more of this is great, but let's more of this and just add way too much more to it because it was a damn near perfect movie. I would dare say. And I don't say that that often or that lightly either. So, I don't know. 
But hey, guess what? It's already on Blu-ray stuff and and whatever, and it's on Netflix. So you can go check it out for yourself. See if you agree or disagree. If you don't, if you don't agree, then keep that to yourself. Next up, <laughs> because the internet is full of opinions. <laughs> exactly, uh, just like assholes. Uh. You can watch Avengers Endgame's epic final battle in 16-bit animation. So uh, there's a big battle, no surprise, no real spoilers there, in Avengers Endgame. And someone has taken the time to animate it using 16-bit animation. So you can follow the link in our show notes and look at that video. I feel like there's an internet rule for that, but I don't know what it is. Um, next up, speaking of Avengers Endgame, it just broke um, an Avatar uh, box office record because it was coming for it. <laughs> this, was, this is a legit record that yes. Mm-hmm. Um, In its first release, we're not talking about the upcoming re-release. Yes, it had. It, yeah, exactly. Um, so, world, the Endgame's worldwide box office total hit a gigantic amount over the past weekend, uh, as of this recording. Uh, this surpasses Avatar's original theater- theatrical run, which was slightly less, not by much. <laughs> there was a the, the decimal places are the same, but you know there's only a few dollars of amounts different. Yeah, it's like a couple of hundred thousand. Exactly. So regardless, which is no small potato. It is absolutely <laughs> not, but still, you know, big number. That's several. That's several. That's several. Probably hundred theaters worth of people. So. Exactly. So you know what? I would like to have this total in my bank account. I don't know about you. Mm. So yeah. So that's the thing. And uh, and as uh, Agent Seventy said, yes, it is getting a, a theater run uh, again. Right. It's going to be re-released this weekend. I think we talked about it last week. We did. Um, uh, this this weekend, uh, the, the last weekend in June, is going to be the first weekend of the Avengers re-release. So that money total is going to continue to go up. I should be contributing to it myself sometime this weekend. Eh. You know what? Or you can wait till July 30th and get uh, Avengers Endgame on Blu-ray. No, down with Avatar. Um, <laughs> I mean, that money's, you know... <laughs> The money's gonna go go to the same place and down with Avatar. Okay, okay. So, well, and we're not talking about the last Airbender. I want to see. I want to see Avengers Endgame on that list on Box Office Mojo. Uh, once again, you know the, the the money's going to the same place, so it really doesn't matter. So, well, yeah. you know, the the, the 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 Avatar money's already been made. I mean, that is also true, but still, ultimately, mm-hmm. um, at this point, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but like I said, uh, Avengers uh, is going to be on digital Blu-ray on July 30th, which I believe the 30th is digitally. Yeah, July 30th is digitally and Blu-ray on um, August 13th. Right, it's like two two weeks later. Yeah, which is normally the case. Um, And shortly before my birthday. Right. So, is it right if I take the next one? Um, the the so there's going to be a bunch of stuff which you'll probably see on uh, the which uh, well the bonus features and they lined up here. You can go check that out and whatnot, and probably some of that stuff. I got a feeling you'll probably see in this in these in this next showing. So yeah, next one. Yeah, this is weird. So Marvel Comics writer Donny Cates says fans should want Keanu Reeves in the role of Shang Chi, and I say no. Nah. No. And, no. I'm, and I'm not saying that because you probably would do a decent job, but I also think, but my, my thing is, 
Well, okay. First of all, well, no, I'll go ahead and say, man, we get, get to what Kate says about it. Um, like, if it, it feels like typecasting, it's stunt casting, and come on, he he's already done that with his his own his, his own set of movies. He don't need to do that. That's not necessarily. I don't know if that's why Kate's is saying that. Um, like he's probably saying, well, you know what? Let's see what he says. Um. So he so he put out a tweet that says that someone who spent uh, four hours in a room with Keanu Reeves' breaking story, uh, it's quite a story. I can tell you that the role you want him in is Shang Chi. Trust me. So we don't necessarily know what that means outside of the fact that okay, yes, uh, Donny Case made met Keanu. They had a rapid taste about it, and and apparently that that tweet that was uh, put out there is gone now. <laughs> okay. So some something happened to happen, but so yeah, we talked about last week. There's been rumors of people wanting, um, you know, uh, people doing fantasy casting for for Marvel movies. In, in addition to the fact that Marvel's been going out there and saying, yeah, we, they've been trying to cast them and stuff, not up and in, including uh, the Eternals movie, which they're trying to cast right now. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I, said, I, I, I hardly. I disagree with the fact, regardless of whatever Kate heard in whatever room they were in, which I'm sure was great. I, 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 no, no. Yeah, I disagree with this. So, like, again, I don't say he, sure, we, like, we know he has martial arts training. We know this. He's, you know, we know he has done movies with some, well, with some of the beginnings of his training, I guess. Um, that doesn't necessarily, and yes, he's a big, big star at this point, and has been for quite a minute. That doesn't necessarily mean he needs to be Shang Chi. Moving on. Yes. President Bartlett. Watch next. Um, but, 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 but. watch Boba Fett straight up murder someone in this animated short. So, uh, you mean he actually did something? I mean. Oh no! Rude. Hey, look! You've seen Clone Wars. You've seen. Uh, I know, but it makes me laugh when uh, <laughs> uh, people of a certain vintage will remember. Everyone wanted a Boba Fett action figure. Some still do. The fact he didn't do a damn thing in the movie. He showed up. He looked cool as hell. And Vader had to warn him: no disintegrations. Well, that was later on. Jim saying still, right. and he did end up doing something later on in the prequels. But you know, he also got chumped. In, in the original trilogy, so but people still, you know, still still stand a uh, badass Boba Fett. But yes, it, uh, so unless you've uh, seen like Clone Wars, where he actually did do some things, and we saw an arc within itself, and this digital short, which apparently um, is on the Star Wars Kids channel, um. And I think this is one of those, yeah, Galaxy of Adventure shorts. But I know, don't know if it's tied to the, this one is maybe not be tied to the movie. But regardless, go check it out because it's nice, it's cool looking. And it looks like it's in Coruscant, so I don't think it has anything to do with the, with the movie. Okay. I don't know. I, did, I have not watched it myself, so I don't know. Next. Next up. Just three whole weeks into its wide release. Dark Phoenix, the final film in 20th Century Fox's mainline X-Men series, 
is apparently already being pulled from cinemas nationwide because it's not making any money. That's, that's even for X-Men movies, that's not good. Just go away for a while, X-Men movies, until the MCU well, can reboot you. Well, I was about to say, they wanted to get that one out of the way before the 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 uh, the, the, the quickening, the merger <laughs> happened. Right. Uh, so... And still, New Mutants is out there, so... And still, mutant, New Mutants is out there, correct. So, wow, how bad do you have to screw up that the highlights is coming during your stuff? That's... Wow. Anyway, that is not the, the purview of this here... Um, <laughs> of, of this here show, but, man. Uh, anyway, Danzig's Veronica uh, film gets a release date. Now, you might be wondering, why in the world are we talking about Danzig? Some of you might be wondering, who the hell is Danzig? Uh, if you're not of a certain vintage. And believe me, I know the name. I don't really know him all that well. But regardless... Um, I've heard it. That's all I can say. Yeah, so according to Dateline, um, Veronica, which is a film scheduled for October 31st, is a Halloween-themed VOD released by Cleopatra. It's based on characters from uh, Glenn Danzig's uh oh. Wow. I don't know. That was weird. Um. Hold on a second. Pardon our technical difficulties, ladies. Yeah, that's that's weird. I don't know what happened, and this has not happened before. Well, this has happened before. Regardless, um, so it's based off of characters from his long-running cult comic book company, Veronica. Veronica is a horror anthology film written, directed, and scored by Danzig. So Dan Woodzik is an old, if I'm not mistaken, old goth rocker. Um, He's a rocker. That's what I remember. Yes. And we'll leave it at that. Because even if you're of a certain vintage, uh, you know, you would know that name. But you may or may not know the music. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're, if you're not of a certain vintage. And texture. Next up. All right. Next up. Uh, Thor Ragnarok director Taiko Waititi has been tapped to helm the big screen reboot, an animated reboot of Flash ah. Gordon. So the new film is uh, animated and um, and he's also set to write the, the, the script for the film as well. Cool. So yeah, that ought to be interesting. Um, what happened to my camera? All right, as yeah, that's weird because we're screen sharing. Anyway, moving right along. Sorry about that, folks. And I'm just going to take the focus off and say that uh, Batman. By the way, it is the 30th anniversary of the 1989 Tim Burton film Batman. Right, it was uh, like three or four days ago. Yep, and arguably the one of the best. Well, some in a lot of cases for some people. The best Batman. I would be one of the numbers that would agree with that, personally. Um, you know, the, the returns aside, because. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so Kim basically. Yeah, just, it's hard to it's hard to say. You know, all the Batman movies have taken some liberties with the story, but uh, yes. I think but, I think though the 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 original Keaton Batman was fairly spot on. Yes, especially if you're well, one if if you're. 
I guess some would, some would say the Batman is almost like your first Mario Kart. Like your first one is your favorite, which is not always the case with Batman movies. But you can kind of you can kind of make that argument. Um, now, granted, that was not the first. For, I would argue that was not the first for either one of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up with uh, 66, yeah. yeah, but nevertheless, it still kind of holds a, a, a place for some folks. But yeah, I, I agree with your sentiment though. It's like yeah, the eighty man, the 89 man, especially with you know at the time you had Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom. That's right. You know, a totally well like a comedic actor, or at least so we thought of at the time because he went on to do some more serious stuff later on and going back and forth. You know, you have seen him in Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, which, you know, you can play a villainous type role. Sure. He brought some of that same intensity to the role back in 98. Sure. Yeah, yeah you want to get nuts? Exactly. Let's get nuts. Which, again, yeah, was a crazy pick back in the day, but it was like, yeah. you know what? All right. We'll, we'll see how this works. And he was great. Like, some, some would say, like, and a matter of fact, I had this argument, I had this conversation of probably a few weeks back when I was on another podcast like some people can do a good Bruce Wayne some people can do a good Batman you can't see me with my hand gestures it doesn't matter um, there's not a lot of people who could do both even now Keaton was probably the closest like yeah he was a little more animated with sure. with, with his you know but still it worked right and you couldn't and, and, and I thought that thinking back on it you know, Burton played with it a little bit because mm-hmm. what we all assume is that uh, Bruce Wayne is this uh, handsome dude that's immediately recognizable to pretty much anybody in the DC universe. And there's literally a scene in the in the movie where uh, Vicky Vale is like, "Can you point me out to which one of these guys is Bruce Wayne?" To Bruce Wayne, <laughs> right? So, yes, but. To, to, to that aside, which was not the actual article that we were pointing to, but um, speaking of Vicky Vale, that was a nice little segment. I, I think you meant to do that. Uh, Basinger, Kim Basinger, that is, discusses the one line that would not never work, would not, would never work today. I, that was not a double negative. I did not mean to say that. And that line was, uh, if you've, you've seen Batman 89, and there was a particular scene where they were hanging off of a bat rope, uh, uh, a bat line and Batman asks how much she weighs which one that's a rule thing to say ask for a lady I'm sure and although it did make sense at the time exactly you know it was it was relevant and she gives spits out a number which ends up to be not the case and uh, <laughs> after <laughs> after the action uh, prevailing action sorts, gets sorts out then um, you know Batman calls her out on it basically so, so this is an article for uh, talking to, to um, Ken Basinger saying that you know that the um, you know the, that whole thing wouldn't wouldn't happen like that nowadays because you know there's body shaming issues and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know which wasn't around back then right so, and she Although, and it wasn't like she was that you know she was like that big back then but you know no, but what I was gonna say is to be fair story wise it kind of made sense oh yeah totally. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a, a, a body shaming thing. It was a life or death. We're hanging on a bat line that's only designed up to a certain. <laughs> well, right, but even stuff like that would have been yeah. a little bit more noticeable nowadays than sure than back sure. then. So that's pretty much all that was. Uh, sure. But that being said, hey, like I said, like we said previously, Batman's 30th, go watch it. It's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, Batman the animated series, his bat lines could hold up at least two people. So come on. 
Well, yeah, I mean, but nobody's well. I mean, nobody's gonna talk too much ish about animated series outside of the fact of Joker and Harley's relationship, which is deserved. But you know, Oh, Mister J. Yes. Um, but hey, we wouldn't have gotten Harley if it wasn't for that show. So sure. Last but not least, unless I had some Teen s- Titan story, which I'm not gonna do. In some sad, sad news. Yes. Um, we had announced previously that the Mouse Guard movie had been canceled by Disney in the wake of the Disney-Fox merger. It had been originally a Fox movie, and uh, once the merger was announced as being uh, official, Disney went ahead and canceled the movie, much to the chagrin of um, fans and much to the shock of people who had been working on this movie for quite a while now. Because it was and getting ready to go into production. And much to the consternation of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the movie is now officially, unfortunately, dead because it's been shopped to various uh, various, film stu- various film studios and no, there have been no takers. So, um, uh, producers on the uh, movie have announced it and uh, uh, you know, announced on Twitter and, and, and released some footage of the demo reel which shows what could have been. So I definitely suggest you go out to uh, Twitter and look up Wes Ball. He's the, um, the man behind uh, the Maze Runner and several, several other movies and he was uh, trying to get Mouse Guard off the ground and um, there's a sizzle reel of test footage that looks beautiful, looks amazing. Really, my only and if you and if you uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, you'll see that I actually uh, replied that um, I would have hoped that the final animation. This is just sizzle stuff. The final animation would be slightly more uh, faithful to the source material and would have made the mice in Mouse Guard a little chubbier and a little furrier. So that they were cuter, you know. That's really how D- David Peterson ren- uh, renders the mice in the, the comics. So, other than that really small quibble that um, would hopefully have been finished in uh, post production, um, you know, the, the the sizzle reel just shows a movie that had so much potential with um, turtles or tortoises that were uh, walking cities. Oh my gosh, I'm so so wonderful. Did you see it, Roddy? The uh, demo reel, yes. Yeah. Oh, so it looks so good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, like so, and like I was saying earlier beforehand, I'm like, maybe by the fact that this is out there, maybe it's, you know there there'll be some renewed interest in it, and I I would I would like to believe that's probably why they put it out, you know. But at the same time, some, you see this happening and stuff. Like, yeah, it's not going to happen. So here's what I had for it. Sure. That just generally happens, but hopefully, maybe some renewed interest will will come out of it because it is really, that, really yeah. good stuff. Did you see the great studio space that they had too? It was another clip. No, I didn't. Okay, so if you look at the tweet, um, the, the the if you look at the tweet, there's a video clip of the studio space that they had worked on and some of the uh, the the images that they had uh, set up and some toys. I guess they had uh, created demos for and some. Uh, stand-up figures that they had made demos of. So if you go back to Twitter and look that up, it's really cool looking. They had such a beautiful space. Hmm. Oh, and apparently in this article, um, 
uh, Gary Witta, who is notable for a few from a, for a few people's uh, um, previews, also the writer of uh, Rogue One, uh, posted he's posting his complete uh, Mouse Guard screenplay. So even if people can't see the movie, they can at least see what it wrote. Okay. So you can go check that out on his tweet, which is a link to end the article that is in our show notes. Gotcha. Um, and it looks like the other tweet might have been taken down by West Ball, or at least a picture of it, because I don't, you know. Anyway, regardless, we'll, we'll get more on that later. Uh, really? So that is it. Well, yeah, because I clicked the link that was in the article, and it is, and that the picture that was attached to it is gone. So I don't know. Really? If the link is, so I don't know if the link itself is gone or just a pic. Um. Or it might have been some, or it, it might not be gone, and maybe that was an issue with when they um, you know, attached the tweet. Mm-hmm. That is always possible. Anyway, uh, that is a, a mystery for another time. Oh, because he didn't ask for permission to post the stuff. Oh, okay. Is that what happened? Yeah, apparently. Okay. Well, there you go. Mystery solved. So now we go on to the comic book news. All right, we're going to transition. All right, that was it. Um, so there is on Kickstarter at this point, which I don't believe it has made it, uh, is a, a comic book anthology um, called Shots Fired, a gun violence prevention comics anthology. Um, and it gives the stat that 96 people are killed with guns in the U.S. every day. We know about some of these things we should do to, this, uh, to prevent this, but solutions may still be found. Uh, organizations like uh, Coalition to Stop Gun Violence and the Community Justice Reform Coalitions are working to change that, and you can help. And uh, all proceeds from said uh, this anthology, which is being written and arted, uh, arted, that's not a word, um, basically they're created by a bunch of comic book notables uh, and being published through Comic Press. Uh, all of the proceeds will go through through the two organizations that was just mentioned, and they are mm, they're about a third of the way there uh, at the time at this time of recording. So, if you are interested in going to check that out, the, that will also be in the show notes. Okay. Uh, and like I said, there's a lengthy list of creators that are, and like I said, a lot of notables that uh, you may be interested in and uh, checking out. Next up. Ah, next up, some somewhat sad news, although we know it's probably not a permanent thing. Marvel's current Doctor Strange volume is canceled with issue number 20. Uh, It's this September's issue. Marvel's going to bring its latest Doctor Strange series to an end. In the September solicits, the description for Mark Wade and Jesus Saiz's issue confirms that it's going to be the last one and uh, it says this event is so huge huge that it makes this the last issue of Doctor Strange the synopsis declares however it doesn't give any other details and simply calls it an event so epic that it shakes Doctor Strange to the core and makes him completely reevaluate his life and role because he hasn't been doing that the last couple of volumes Sure. Um, and given like what we said earlier um, with the uh, issue 15 that's out, yeah, we can see where it's starting to ramp up. It actually escalated, not necessarily quickly, but a bit. 
mm-hmm. with what's going on there, which I don't think did we even talk about that? Well, we did talk about, but we didn't get knee deep in it. So, meh. going for it. Next up, um, Marvel reveals retailer discounts as Absolute Carnage number one aims for eight plus million copies. So, here's an amusing fact about this article from Newsarama. I'm slightly calling them out. Um, when this was first tweeted about, and actually in the article, uh, the cat the, the the title said Marvel reveals retailer discounts as American Carnage number one aims. Ouch. Yes, which I'm saying because when I first saw the tweet, I'm like, well, that's clearly a tweet typo. I was like, no, nah, it's in the article also, and it was in the article before before um, that they went and changed it like oh shortly thereafter. So I was thinking, I was like, wait, American Carnage is, Carnage is the Brian um, Brian Edward Hill book that he's writing for DC. <laughs> so I was like, wait, did they actually get that from Marvel somehow? What, like, what's going on with that? Nope. Turns out it was about this Carnage event that's coming up next. Uh, I want to see you next month, but um, in August, I think that's when that's. So, but so yeah, so apparently they're trying to blow it out. Wait, it's not even Oscar. I'm sorry. Um, the first one is coming out. Uh, soon. I don't really care about Carnage, so it really doesn't really matter. Yeah. Regardless, this is the thing they're coming up, and they're trying to order big. They want orders to be big for it. For listen, people like, love Venom. Yeah. Well, people love Deadpool too, and I, I'm just kind of like, okay. Yeah, same. Uh, and yeah, this is, so basically, this article is basically what the publisher is trying to offer retailers um, in in the ordering of said book. So, like, I like Diana Cates. I don't love the character, so I don't. You know. Whatever. Next up. <laughs> Yeah, he thinks it's going to outsell X-Men number one from 1993. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to outsell X-Men number whatever X-Men number one that's coming out next month. <laughs> just... All righty. Uh, next up, Star Wars Age of Rebellion, Darth Vader. It's Animal Vader. No, that's a Muppet Babies reference, folks. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> Hey, against the challenge from the emperor. I that, I missed that. that was a good. That was an extra good episode. <laughs> it was. It was one of the I best. Yeah, I love that episode. One uh, of the best. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's out there. Just YouTube uh, Muppet Babies uh, Star Wars. I'm sure it's probably that whole thing's probably out there somewhere. But regardless, so yeah, this is the Age of Rebellion book that came out this week actually that I didn't get a chance to read because I kind of took a break from starting to read from reading some of that stuff. There's a lot this week, though, so I don't blame you. There for was it. a couple of Star Wars, yeah, Star Wars specifically Vader-related books this week. Yeah, so. you know, but my point is, there's a lot. There was a lot to read. This well, week. yeah, just in general, We're but talking yeah. pre, it's it's kind of like the pre-July Fourth release, uh, yeah, you know, the holiday release, because there was a ton of books that came out this week. You know, especially uh, with War of the Realm stuff. So right. I don't blame you for not being able to get to that. Right, and then I guess one. Well, I'm about to say it's not technically a fifth week, but you might as well say so. Um, but yeah, so that's the thing. It's a one shot. Vader travels back in time. Wait, when? Oh, the one shot. It's like Jimmy travels back in time to before A New Hope and focuses on that era. That era of Vader and some things happen. Like I said, and this is an article with uh, Greg Pak talking about that. I hadn't read it yet. I, I keep saying I'm going to do something about some of those books. You know whether you should check those out or not, but I haven't been lazy. I've been pretty lazy about it. Next up, um, Marvel Hero Tales helps kids learn to read uh, by creating comic books. So this is a cool thing I happen to come across. 
Uh, it says video game developer Kwatu Studios has unveiled Marvel Hero Tales, a new literacy app that taps uh, Marvel's most superhero, most popular superheroes, to help kids learn to read. Wow! Uh, the app was created by Kwatu Studios, like I just said, and Marvel Entertainment, which are targeted uh, targeting kids ages seven to eleven. The app's uh, content will be updated regularly according to the developer with new storylines and characters. I'm probably going to check this out myself. I'm not wow. I'm not in that age range. But, um... Well, some would say I'm not anyway. But anyway, learning is more fun when... You do, 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 when no, more fun than ever thanks to the increased available apps. That's, well, this is an article I'm trying to get to... Let's see. Here we go. Marvel Hero Tales, as the name suggests, revolves around Marvel stories featuring popular characters. This is pretty much going by what they've already said. Including Spider-Man and Marvel, kids get to create their own comic books through the app. Okay. Which encourages the users to personalize the experience through a narrative action system. So that's cool, and I'm probably going to actually check it out. Maybe we'll talk about it next next time we, we uh, record, if I check it out. But it sounds cool regardless of what they're saying in this article. So, next up. The MCU Cosmic Brothers, Collector and Grandmaster, are getting exclusive San Diego Comic-Con Marvel Legends figures. I'm so glad you got this one. Hasbro has unveiled its exclusive Marvel Legends release for Comic-Con International. Uh, two-pack of the Marvel Cinematic Universe versions of Collector and Grandmaster. And if my video was working, you would be able to see said thing. <laughs> um, but, regardless... They're picture, pretty good, they're pretty good likenesses. Yes, uh, picture, but, picture um, MCU versions of Grandmaster and and and, uh, and uh, Collector. Well, yeah, Jeff Goldblum and Benicio Del Toro. Exactly. Uh, the, li- the likenesses are pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. And there you have uh, so uh, one friend of the show, Matt Wang, which is a pretty funny aside on this, just happened to uh, to, to let us know. Actually, I think I might have seen this or was seen this before he mentioned it. Uh, but friend, like I said, he kind of mentioned it uh, to us online and had a nice idea of uh, Agent Seventy getting these. <laughs> <laughs> I decline. I respectfully decline. But <laughs> I'm I telling you that. But that that but that well at least on his idea you know he has a stingray appreciation we we still don't we need to get some help for that but um the 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 concept of champions diorama think about it uh, we definitely listen we definitely appreciate the thought but yes. uh, well, but uh, that's pretty that's pretty cool that uh, you know we, we we do have shout out to at uh, Wang ninety seven on Twitter uh-huh. a friend of the show who is uh, regular at the San Diego Comic-Con scene so he can uh, help us sometimes get uh, the exclusive... Uh, yeah, sadly I won't be able to take part of it this year, but yeah, it'll be alright. Hopefully. Uh, Jada Toys! Oh, wait, this is no, this is you. No. Oh, is it? Wait, okay. I read the Collector and Grandmaster. Okay, sorry, I'm confused now. Sorry, right, go ahead. Distraught. Uh, Jada Toys brings a new Batmobile to Comic Con. So picture the uh, Batman the animated series version with uh, Batman figure with it, and there you go. It looks nice. It, it, it looks kind of nice. It, it, weirdly enough, it looks silver in this picture, but that's only because of perspective and the, the lighting. What so, scale is? Uh, let me see. It says a one twenty fourth scale. Oh, I see. It's a kind of metallic looking. Mm-hmm. But it looks nice, though. Oh, it's crafted in die cast 
metal. Yes. The slick black chrome finish. Okay. As as uh, Optimal uh, Optimus said in Beast Wars, it, it's a it's a lost heart. That's cool. Making up making a diecast metal joke. Anyway, um, yes. Yeah, will... one twenty foot. So it's a small. It's a, it's on the smaller side. Yeah, and it's going to retail for fifty bucks and limited to three hundred pieces. So you are if you are at the show and you care to see this. I mean, care to check this out? You um, you go for it because it looks good. Pretty cool. And oh yeah, and the bat. What's he? Uh, wait, that's the Batmobile. And it comes with a um, a two point seven five inch fi- uh, Batman figure who almost looks like he's doing a dab, but he's like, but he's actually looks like he's just starting to run. Hmm. Next up. Next up in some sad news. Uh, after 26 years and several reshuffles and reboots later, including one that happened just last year, mm-hmm. DC Entertainment has announced that its legendary adult-focused imprint, Vertigo, has been closed as part of a rebranding and restructuring of its imprint divisions. So as of January 2020, Vertigo um, is going bye-bye. Right. Also worth noting, which is still bothers me. Um, like, well, one we know the black label thing is is a thing. Like, why couldn't that have just been vertical instead of black label? We don't know. Um, but one thing to note from this article that the Hollywood Reporter says that the end of this, uh, while this is the end of DC's permanent imprints, uh, pop up quote unquote limited time ones like Jarrett Way's Young Animal. Or Warren Ellis's The Wildstorm imprint will still continue to exist. Why? Why? Okay. Why? That's what I'm saying. Why? I don't know if nothing really came out of that Young Animal stuff. And I don't even know what's going on with that Wildstorm stuff, but it's, you know, that's a separate thing. Um, I believe Mouse, well, we still don't know what's going on with that Milestone stuff either. But regardless, no, that's for some time later. Um, Mr. Miracle, Nubia, Johnny Johnny Constantine, Amethyst, other titles join DC's young adult and middle grade uh, offering. So basically another, a bunch of um, middle school aged books are coming from their, um, their those imprints, which apparently, I guess those are still going, going strong. It's just vertical that bit it. Right. It's a reshuffling. Right. So... But this was kind of also already separate from a lot of right. stuff anyway. This one was a more uh, the Zoom book prints uh, and whatnot. I can't remember the name of the other ones. Is has a more classic t- uh, bend to it, so that's why. But yeah, so there's going to be a bunch of books. Uh, let's see, uh, Diana Princess of the Amazons. There's a Greenlander book. There's a Batman tale. There's a Zatanna book, and a bunch of other stuff from with other characters. I won't go through all of that. Um, so yeah. Stuff to check out if you have a middle school age folk, or if you're an older folk that just happens to like to read stuff. I mean, we know the younger adult the big has been a thing for quite a while, so that's, ain't no shame in an adult reading a young adult title. Next, okay. next up, uh, Steve Orlando, writer Steve Orlando, returned to Wonder Woman this week for a one-shot issue that fits into the title's current story by G. Willow Wilson but has a peek at con- continuities of the past in a flashback to Diana's youth. So this uh, was in Wonder Woman number 73 this week. Yes. 
So, and yeah, this is an article with uh, Steve Orlando about that issue and working with uh, G Willow and all that kind of good stuff. I haven't read it because I haven't been up, up on the uh, Wonder Woman stuff. Next up, uh, Leviathan just recruited a classic DC C list hero. One that I have no idea who this is. Uh, so, apparently, in Action Comics from what, this week or last week? 1012? Uh, yeah. Is that this week? Uh, it's probably already out if this is this is out um, and if it's not who cares Uh, but so the hero Rose yeah that's this week okay the hero Rose who also has an alternate name of Thorn I guess was the alter ego was recruited by Leviathan and I guess this character was like some sort of vigilante in her alternate form I want to say think I, well, I wanted to say think Typhoid Mary, but that's probably not 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 right. Regardless, it's someone I'm sure the uh, Dirt or someone of that ilk probably knows who that is and will be like, "This is awesome." <laughs> People who are more up on their DC, yes, and, and especially the deep cuts like this seems to be because this sure. seems like a deep cut. And this article kind of goes into her backstory just a little bit and theories therein. Next up, last all right. Thing. So, yeah, last story uh, for the night. This coming July, Dark Horse Comics will be bridging the gap between seasons one and two of the Orville, the uh, Seth MacFarlane television show, by releasing a brand new comic book centered around the adventures of the Orville. Still not better than this discovery, you bastards. Oh. Okay, there's some meta commentary from Radicat. I don't know who said that. I can't, I can't imagine. Actually, I haven't even finished this discovery. Actually, I haven't watched any Orville at all. I know people like it. Uh, but yeah, so it's going to be a comic book regardless. I don't. <laughs> all right. I don't really have much horse in that race. So, uh, And that is the end of our news section. And they're in the, the end of the story. But first, one nice ad read. Our last ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Have you ever tried an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. And as I sit here trying to, and I actually should have muted myself when I did that, trying to fight with my camera, which is still not working, is going to make the end of this that lovely, that much lovelier. Uh, we'd like to thank you for coming out for this here show. Uh, um, 
I'm going to assume, unless we let you know on the Ultra Media, Ultra Media, because I'm thinking I may or may there could very well be a solo show next week. I don't know, but right, we're not, not sure yet. Yeah, because next week our uh, the show falls on the day we normally uh, broadcast and record falls on the fourth of July. Right, and people have plans, or, or or may just want to take the day off for for whatever reason. So, but we will establish that um, at some point going forward. Who knows? But you can go to our various uh, Twitter uh, or social media f- spots therein to um, to find that out. Uh, I am Rodicat at Rodicat on Twitter. News knows need on Twitter. Uh, News knows needs Reddit. You can go check that out and CB Caps uh, Instagram. Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. That's so nice and neat. He doesn't have all these ex- other extraneous stuff for me to read. I appreciate that. Uh, well, until he decides to do something. Anyway, right. um, PC Nuts Turt on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, popculturenet on Twitter, and the um, you know the um, subsequent umbrella uh, websites therein. Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter, The Click Nation on Twitter, that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, and uh, TheClickNation.com, spelled the same way, and of course, uh, comic book resources, where he's over there writing his face off, go check out his stuff, click on his things, get get, get that man some clicks, he writes well, um, I'm jealous, and with that, <laughs> not really, I am, I'm very proud of him. Um, that with that though we will catch you all next time we record may it be next week or there and afterwards if we don't record next week have a happy and safe 4th of July weekend um, right. uh, look also forward to the, catching um, Spider-Man I was just exactly about to say that yes yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming starts uh, a couple of days prior to that so if you get a chance to check it out go go forth and um, Spider-Fi we've been seeing reviews for it already which I'm desperately avoiding yes friend of the show Crystal Velasquez oh, yes. I saw that has already seen has already seen a preview screening and I saw as a matter of fact because uh, yes because I saw the um, I saw the email what I didn't know she had gone to that but the email from um, Eduardo um, um, I can't remember the guy's name but the guy who did um, yeah uh, Boring Kenya Brenna. yes um, I apologize for forgetting your name. My mind goes crazy, but uh, he, he, Rodriguez, I believe it is. Yeah, uh, he offered uh, to do a screening, which I believe that's the same screening she might have gone to. I believe, um, you know, in that area. Well, you know, so that was a good thing. It was cool. So, and we like like I said, we found out that she went. So that's awesome. Nice. Uh, and apparently enjoyed it from what I saw her tweet, or I guess implied from her tweet because she didn't necessarily say one way or the other, but. So, with that, like I said, um, we will catch you guys. When we catch you all, uh, have a safe and wonderful 4th of July again, like I said. And uh, this is the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One.